Follow them on Facebook for interviews and more. The Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline's open, 888 And in the last segment, we gave away eight tickets. Yeah. Four pairs of a... Four pairs of tickets to the uh, Sound of Freedom, a movie playing at Cinema 9. Make sure that you send me those emails right away this morning so I can get those names to get uh, them onto the movie theater. Yep. Uh, you need to do that this morning. And uh, we've got one more pair left if you want to call us and get your name in for that one pair left. Um, also, in the sh- on the show coming up seven thirty from at 7.30, we're going to hear from Neil Lunderville. Neil, who served in just about every capacity you could, I think, almost. Uh, yeah. He was BED director. Cito in Burlington, uh, he served in uh, different capacities for Governor Douglas. He was the, um, and during Irene, he was a big part of the recovery effort uh, in Irene for Governor Shumlin. So he worked for Governor Douglas first. Mm-hmm. Governor Shumlin called him in yep. during the Irene and uh, Burlington Electric Department yep. and the Community and Economic Development Office. Yeah. And a whole lot more on his resume. Oh, too. yeah, definitely. But uh, we're going to talk mostly, not completely probably, but uh, a lot about uh, Irene and what Neil sees, because probably no better, but he better equipped to answer those questions, what he sees as the differences, the similarities between Irene and this, what we learned last time, what we might learn this time. And all that, and then we're going to hear from Don Turner, yeah, our friend that uh, come, is a friend of the show, has been on many times. In fact, mm-hmm. co-hosted the show. He'll be joining us at eight o'clock, and then we're going to talk to Rich Lowry, who, uh, of course, is. Uh, I love the fact we have somebody on our show who's on Meet the Press, and I know who's on the national news all the time, and has national columns, syndicated columns, and you know was uh, he replaced I think William F. Buckley at National Review? Yeah, he uh, as the editor at the National Review. So that's a that's a big get. That's always we always love it. He's on every so often, and we always love it when we get him on. It speaks testament to now, your uh, you. You're good. You're good at getting some some heavy hitters. People are always like, "How do you wind up with folks like that?" I'm like, Kurt's good at it. Now so let's it uh, let's talk about something here. Uh, so fifty. Here's a list on our server. Fifteen things that people say they're getting too old to tolerate. Let me oh. just let's just run mm. them by you, and we'll tell you what we think, and you can weigh in if yeah. you want to on the Kenzie Country Class Hotline triple eight four one four zero three zero three. Arguing with other people, one person said it makes me think of Kino Reeves. He once said he protects his peace by refusing to argue with anyone about anything. He said one plus one equals five. You're right. Have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Arguing. I don't know. It seems to me a lot of older people like to argue. I don't know. I hate arguing. I think that's kind of obvious because I'm, you know, I'm always agreeable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I've been in politics too long to give it up. <laughs> yep. I know. You're good at it. Uh, hang uh, concerts without assigned seating. Uh, Getting too old to tolerate that? No, but. I, you know, it's it's been a while, but I've been thrown out before trying to rush the stage. You have? Yeah, I got thrown out of a dire You tried to rush show. a stage? Well, what you do is... What were you is rushing, rushing the stage for? Just to get up up closer. You know, you, you do that after about, you know, you go halfway through the show or three quarters of the way through the show. Crowd starts moving around. People start to leave. And you just kind of hop a few seats and hop a few seats. And they didn't take kindly to that at, at what used to be the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany. 
picked me up. Two guys picked me up. I'm a good sized guy. Carried me right out. <laughs> my thing more was that which my which my wife hated would was that we would go to a baseball game. I mean a national game, like mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium. Right. And uh, MLB game. Sure. And uh, with a pretty big crowd there, I would be spotting seats. Right. That were better than the ones we had. That were empty. And I would say, okay, look at Nobody showed up. The game's already started. Nobody showed up there. We're going to take those seats. Right. And my wife would hate it. And, you know, sometimes it would work. Yeah. But then to. sometimes, more often than not, people would show up and say, excuse me, I think you're in my seat. But you know, and I pretend to look at my ticket like, oh, oh, right. Oh, I thought these were ours. And that's not so <laughs> my wife bad. hated that. I mean, the worst case scenario is somebody's like, hey, you're in my seat. Okay, I'll move. I had to stop doing that because my wife really did well, not like yeah. it. But a lot of people do that. They all sure. look, scout around and say, hey, look, nobody's in those seats. They're probably not coming. Let's grab them. But, and also, from from an entertainment standpoint, um, you talk to people in the in the industry, after the show starts or the game starts, they want, they want, they want a compact crowd as close to the action as possible because that creates a better event. So, you know, I could I could wax poetic about justifying filling those empty seats that are closer. Now, this list is people that say they're getting too old to tolerate these things. And some of them are kind of weird here. One of them is caring about people who don't care about you. Why is that in the category of getting too old for that? To I tolerate? think no. In fact, I think that when you get older, you you develop more compassion. I think maybe I'm wrong. I, I feel as though I have. I don't know. Uh, not less. I think um, I don't know. I so, mean, in other words, it's like trying to do things for people that could care less about you. Yeah, and you're showing. Some- Although I will tell you, my grandmother yelled at me one day and said, "You know, you're doing all that for somebody else. Charity starts at home. You know." <laughs> Not a bad so maybe, point. There, maybe there's some credence to it. <laughs> How about this one? Sitting on the floor. Now, this is, again, if people say they're getting too old to do these things. Sitting on the floor. Well, I think it's because sitting on the floor is easy. Getting up off the floor is hard. <laughs> Let's be I, honest. I actually do it almost every day because my dog starts crying for me to get down on the floor with it. You know, that's true. If, if you have a dog, you spend more time on the floor. I do that all the time. I like to get down face-to-face with the dogs. And I... Uh, that's the only time I find myself laying on the living room floor. Keeping up with new slang. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't you know. usually. Every once in a while, I'll hear something, though, and go, wow, what the hell does that mean? And I'll, right. I'll type it in the computer. Oh, okay. But yeah. I mostly don't try to keep up with it. You don't keep up with the, the kids' new trendy words, uh, like BRB. Oh, I know. That's Be Right Back. Yeah. There's some that's, of them, yeah. That's, yeah, that's not new. That's that's old. Now. Keeping up with new music and keeping up with the Kardashians? So I don't care much about the Kardashians, but I do like to listen to music. I do like to. I, I couldn't tell you a lot of the artists, but I do listen. I like listening to new music. Yeah. I do, too. I like all kinds of music. Um, not Quite as much this new music as I did the seventies and eighties, I have to say. Oh, right, and some of the nineties. That's by design for but us. I, but I, you know, I'll, I'll listen to it for a while. There and, are certain some kind. There definitely are some some kind of music that I am not really into. That I'm really, yeah. Uh, okay, here's one I do agree with. That I, I, the older I get, the less I want to do this, which is waiting in line. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, I try to go into this Zen moment thing. I because I used to have to go to Costco almost every day of the week, and uh, so I got really good at 
having a, a list of things to do while waiting in line. Now Costco's a lot faster because they've got they've really dialed that in. But waiting in line can be frustrating sometimes. Very frustrating sometimes. Oh yeah, and I, and I, and I used to. When I was younger, I've never liked standing in lines, but when I was younger, I could tolerate it more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about long lines where you you get in line, you got to wait for a long time for tickets or whatever right. it might be. Yeah, yeah. these days I'm like, no, can't do it. Just cannot do it. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, guys. How are you this morning? All right. For Monday, I guess. Hey, uh, you said Neil Wonderville's coming on, right? Yes, and he's at Burlington Electric? No. No, not anymore. No, he was. At he one was point. at one point. Oh, it's been several. Well, ask him, if you can, the news story at the top of the hour with ABC Fake News was about how, I guess, it's been discovered how the Chinese have implanted malware. It sounded like air conditioning at first, but then it sounded like our whole grid may be infected. Um, I don't know. If you... Uh- I'll ask. Yeah, he would know. I, yeah, he would probably know that. All right. Um, I had heard that um, that uh, that is, and that's. I don't think that's new. I think the the power grid is one of those things that everybody is is uh, is worried about somebody getting control of. Uh, and we had a good yeah. guest on talking about the grid. She wrote a book yeah, about it. Uh, I think the last two, three months ago. Yeah, that was great. Actually, I read that book. Now I can't remember her name, but... Listen the way you want. Now, we return on The Morning Drive. News Talk WVMT. We are back on The Morning Drive. Everybody, Kurt and Anthony here. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline's open. 888-414-0303. Let us know what's on your mind this morning. Um... We're also doing some a little light topic here, and here's another one. Ten social norms. Social norms that make no sense when you think about them. At least that's, oh, okay. according, that's according to this. I don't agree with all of them. One of them is acknowledging other people's sneezes. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't either. That's what they're saying, though. It's, it's, a, it's a social norms that make no sense. So we don't acknowledge other people's coughs or other bodily functions. But sneezing is like, it's like so visceral. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's one of those things that we've always done. And I don't see anything wrong with it. I know. I'm you, with you. You know. No, I'm and when you. somebody sneezes, I'm going to say, you're so good looking. It always throws me off. <laughs> That's the Seinfeld line, of course. Yeah. You, you don't know what I'm talking about unless you're a sign, watcher of Seinfeld. <laughs> that was one of the many famous episodes. Um, but no, but saying that I'm, as a joke, but God bless you, obviously. Right. Is the, is the, right. Um, buying litter, we buy special dirt for our cat to poop in. Yeah, we do because it absorbs the moisture and the smell. I mean, yes, I don't, that, I don't think that's a social norm. I, I think that's just housekeeping. Yeah. I don't agree with that one either. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one that I disagree with them on. They say. And they're saying again that this is a social norm that makes no sense when you think about it. Clapping, showing appreciation by smacking our hands together to make a noise makes no sense. I disagree. And I'll tell you, at the city council, I, I hated this. The city council, I was I mean, I was president of the council for four years, and I got the intent of this. But we always spent time saying, please don't clap at the end of someone's remarks when mm-hmm. it was public forum. 
Yeah. You're taking time away from someone else. But it also seemed like we were taking more time away telling them not to clap. I was thinking that, yeah. I always kind of felt there were times that I just said, you know what, I'm just letting people clap. Right, because, because by the time it's over, you, you but, yeah. But what you didn't want was people to do negative stuff like boo or make some obscene gesture or cat calls or whatever when someone spoke with something that you didn't like. So my thing a lot of times was I say, you know what, I'm just going to let the people clap as long as it doesn't get out of control and we can move right to the next person. Um, rather than having to constantly lecture people. Um, but what we don't want is for people to boo when they don't agree with something or, you know, make some obscene gesture or, you know, cat calls that you hear from the audience. Someone make someone yeah, feel disrespected that. or that they don't want to get up and speak when they're. So uh, I would say clapping is not a bad thing to show no. appreciation. But we got into this thing where, where we would have them start putting their fingers up and snapping their fingers. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they do that in some classrooms. Yes. That's what they do. Do this like, thing. Put your fingers together. Like, just, you know, I was like, kind of like, oh, give me a break. It just, you know, it further makes everybody look like sheep. I guess clapping. No, yeah, no. I, I, there was, I mean, there is a picture of me where I, when I was not on the council, I was in between where I was speaking in public forum, and in the background you have all these people doing thumbs down when I was speaking. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, cards, giving Hallmark money in exchange for a piece of paper that someone's going to look at for about 10 seconds and then forget about. I disagree with them again. I do too, because some of the, some of my favorite thing, I, I, I stand them up by some, there's some great cards that I've gotten over the years or given that I think are very meaningful. There's some that you don't keep, uh, but there's some that you do and some have a nice message in them. But also, sometimes you write something on the card. Now, of course, I guess what they could say is, okay, you could have written something on a piece of paper to them. But I think it's still nice to have a, a card and you write a, you has a nice message in it that you, you know, you want to send to the person, but then you also put a nice little note with it. Right. And I think the, I've gotten ones before that I've, I've kept for years. I look back and say, oh my God, look at this. This was one of the best cards I ever got from mm-hmm. someone. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, all the random rules about texting people. Texting, again, the category is social norms that make no sense when you think about them. And this says all the random rules about texting people. Texting is supposed to be a way to talk to people and they can respond at their own convenience. Right. Okay, I get that. But I'm not sure what Oh, Oh, so there's social norms. Okay, so this is actually happening to a friend of mine. So, you know, how you have some people that are like Johnny on the spot. You call and you leave a voicemail or their phone's connected to them all the time. And they're right there, right there, right there. Then you have other people that are like, oh, yep, I, you know, I'll give you a call back. Or they look at texts like, oh, hey, that's great. Okay, but don't respond immediately. Apparently, apparently, now I'm a little generationally older, perhaps you too. Some people get really upset if you don't respond to their texts within a timely fashion. And they get really upset about it. And apparently, that's the social norm. We're supposed to be Johnny on the spot. It's like, well, no, if you'd left me a voicemail or the phone rang and I missed your call, what's the difference? So um, I kind of I agree with that. I mean, th- th- when, did, when did people decide that you had, to, you had to respond immediately or it was a faux pas? Well, I put it in different categories. Like if you are just sending a message saying, you know, some casual message, hey, how you doing? Or you want to whatever? Right. Some and they didn't get right right back to you. But I think it's different if you're like saying, 
Hey, do you want to be on the morning drive next Tuesday afternoon? Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, of course. Well, no, questions like that. But if say say your sister's like, hey, uh, how are you doing? I saw you got a lot of rain. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Or, uh, you know, uh, are you having uh, a good weekend? Uh, that kind of thing. Something that's not important to reply right, to right, right. away. But do, some people do take offense at that. Yeah. They text and they didn't get right back to you. Well, yeah, they do. Um, purses. They're useful. Why are men afraid to carry one of their own? I have no problem with anybody wanting to carry a purse that's a man. Nope, me neither. That's probably one of the least things you're going to see. That's, but but yeah. I'm just, I'm just not going to carry a purse. Well, I don't. I think a lot of. I mean, you can call it a duffel bag or a briefcase or whatever. You can, you can pack. You can, you can call it anything you want. But it's convenient to have something that is with you that has all your stuff in it. <laughs> and if you want to call it a purse, that's fine with me. Uh, you know, my backpack is my backpack. Is it my purse? Yeah, probably is. Same thing. Social norms that make no sense when you think about them. Another one they list is ties being the standard for business attire. I personally think that there are times that it makes sense to be dressed up and dressed nice. Mm-hmm. And wearing if someone says wearing a tie is, is at their business and a business, uh, I don't have a problem with that. And I think it's, I think it's good. I, I think that there's too often that people... I mean, not in our positions where nobody sees us, but where, you know, there's a big meeting and people just think they can just dress down. T-shirt. No, I agree. The question is, what made the tie this sign of dressing up? Because, you know, even in like like cowboys wear those, what are they called? Bolos, those things around their neck that, you know, they're not technically a a necktie, but there's sometime, someplace in history, I would think that there was a marker set where something around your neck and, and buttoned up tight, uh, is it, that's what's considered dressed up? Well, it's like for my baseball team, and I do, even though they're not doing very well this year, and I got a lot of problems with them, a lot of problems with you people. But in terms of, I do like that the Yankees have their players be look decent. Mm-hmm. They don't have them. Uh, they they when they're on the road, Yankee players are told when they're heading, you know, they're that they are to have sh- ties mm-hmm. and they're, they're to be they're out. They're, rep- they're saying, you're representing the New York Yankees. When we're traveling, you are going to be wearing ties. I'm not sure if they say suit jackets or not, right. but uh, they make they make them represent the Yankees and look good. Yeah. No, and I, I personally I like that. I think it's I think it's cool. I, you know, I, I like dress uniforms, you know, I, you know, in the military. It's like I do think that that there's a place for um, dressing appropriately or dressing up. I do. And do you do you feel better when you go to a restaurant and people have a restaurant whatever their uniform is where they have a uniform as opposed to everybody dressing whatever way yes i do i do too yeah i don't know what it is but it, it just gives anything. me a better feel yeah. about that restaurant like it's a professional operation it's a professional operation they're wearing a uniform and they're doing it um uh, years ago i um, bought a business and one of the things that you know you, you go and you ask people you know you, you try to figure out why it's not working or working and what's working. And everybody would say, there's never anybody there to help me. Never anybody there to help me. So um, the day that we took over, we gave everybody a T-shirt with the logo on it. And everybody immediately said, said oh, you're going to do well because I can tell you tripled the staff. We didn't hire one extra person. We just put them all in T-shirts. There you go. See? All right, well, Neil Lunderville is up next.